traffic sucks, but your podcast don't have to. Welcome into the Afternoon Drive with Five. We are back again for another installment of our Getting to Know You Coaches Series. This week, we welcome in the most recent football state championship winning coach in our area. And he's not on the football field. You can find him pumping iron in the weight room and down in Bowden. So let's bring in Coach Rich Finley now as he's joining us on the Perry and Lawyers Hotline. Coach, welcome in and congratulations again on a fantastic football season and a state championship. Well, thank you guys. We we appreciate the coverage all year, and uh, you know, glad glad we could make you work a long season. <laughs> but uh, you, you guys have done a great job. I tell you, the coverage in this this area is absolutely phenomenal. So we appreciate everything you guys do. Coach, we we definitely appreciate it being there and and just enjoying the ride. It it was it was an absolutely fun fun season. I know Bryce got to see you guys uh, a lot. Like just about every week <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it, it was it was fun for us to be able to to follow you pretty much every week well we're superstitious so whatever games you covered last year you have to cover the same games this year i'll that, write it that down will help us win yep i'll Our write it down and game. put it on my schedule coach <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right coach this is going to be a little bit different let's let's step away from uh football you know we know that you've got some athletic kids and you know with you being a state championship winning head coach, do they do they take your advice any more seriously now? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, look, uh, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18 year old kids are always going to be, you know, going to be kids. We, we hope they listen. Um, and I do think there's some merit that when you preach, do all the little things right. That that's that's the, the formula and the recipe to try to try to go win a title. And, uh, I think our, our kids, they do see a correlation with that. You know, we, we actually had that conversation this morning of doing all the little things right so we can have an opportunity to repeat as a region champion and have a shot to play for it again. But uh, but I don't know. They still do. They still do a lot of things that kids do, and you still have to stay on them and watch them. So, uh, you know, I don't know if it brings any more merit or not. I think just the repetition and, and making sure that your standards are vocally said and practice every day is is bigger than any any you know winning credibility you get. It's just the consistency of saying what you say. But my question now, what about your kids at home? Do they take your advice any more seriously now? Like that's won a championship. Now I've really got to listen to them. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope I hope my my kids all, already thought that I was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, they were, they were excited. I, I tell you, you know, they've all got state championship shirts and hoodies and, um, you know, it, it is an exciting time to be a red devil and, and, you know, yes, I mean, you know, I've got one kid who's 19, he's going into to coaching. He's going, he's going to be a soccer coach and he's over at, uh, Carrollton high school coaching right now. Um, he's a JV soccer coach, first year coaching. And then, uh, of course I've got two that play you know, for Bowden in the Bowden cluster, a middle schooler and a high schooler, and then got two little ones that'll come up at some point. But uh, um, hopefully so. Yeah, if, if it carried that much weight, um, man, I think all the rooms would be clean at the house and, uh, you know, all the trash and trays would be put in the dishwasher. So, uh, um, you know, like I said, hopefully, hopefully they always, already thought I was a, a really good, good guy. And coach, you, you talk about you got one coach and a couple playing football. How competitive is your household when you know when you're playing like uno or yahtzee or monopoly how competitive does everybody get in a game like that 
Yeah, this this may be one I don't want out there, but I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of times we do not finish a game in our house when somebody figures out they're not going to win. It is uh, it is very competitive whether we're playing Uno, uh, you know, whether whether we're on a video game, whether we're outside, you know, playing horse. I can't tell you how many times I'll grab a basketball and look at my kids or their friends over and say, all right, if I make this, y'all got to do y'all got to do 20 pushups. If I miss, I'll do them. And they, they all they're always like, man, OK, yeah, yeah, I'll shoot it. And if I make it, they'll knock theirs out. But uh, it is a it is a very competitive household. You know, my, my wife coaches, too. She's the head girls basketball coach down here. So um, very competitive. I, I would say it's a very competitive household. Coach, we saw, you know, you went, you win a championship and, and you go to Disney World. So the question I have is, is how quality were the, the uh, workout rooms down at Disney? Because we know you didn't skip, right? <laughs> no, uh, but it wasn't great. <laughs> you have to kind of make the more done. You're more doing body weight workouts down there. There were no death by squats and bench, uh, you know, down there. So, um, but I'm going to tell you, there's so much walking at Disney. I mean, if you have one of those little things you could put on you that counted the steps, those people that count steps all day, you would definitely get them in and probably double and triple what you normally walk in a day. So we, we got a lot of that in. And then our little ones that get tired, and you have to carry them. We got, we got a lot of different kind of workouts in down there at Disney. I got a, I, you know, when I go to Disney and I get on those rides, I get a, I get a yoga class uh, because trying to fold my legs up into some of those rides that are not built for humans as big as I am, I get a lesson in yoga when I'm down there on those rides. Yeah. Um, you know, with me just being old, when I get off those rides, I have to, I, I need yoga and stretching so I, I can walk the rest of the park. Um, I'll say when I got to the hotel room, like there, there weren't many late nights. We went to sleep. We were so tired. Yep, I can I completely understand that. Uh, and and you you know you talk about your your wife Jan. You know she's she's the head uh, girls basketball coach down there, a great athlete in her own right. Does does she? Do y'all ever get home after a game and and she's gonna you know she's over there giving you advice, giving you plays to run, giving you defensive tips or anything like that after games on Friday nights? Yeah, you know there's there's a lot that goes on in, in a in a coach's house after games, her games or my games. You know she. She understands the game of football. There, there's times she'll ask me, you know, did you did you really mean to fake that punt? Or, you know, what were y'all thinking on that fourth and one? And then, you know, there's a lot of times she's telling me all the things that she hears said by people in the stands. Um, but we do. We we ask a lot of questions and um, stuff like that. We, we talk about kids and the plays you make and the plays you don't. I think the worst thing for her sometimes is just listening to me Sunday through Thursday before we play, because I build up whoever we're going to play, like like they're the Kansas City Chiefs or the the Cincinnati Bengals, and she's so nervous by Friday, um, you know, thinking we're about to get destroyed. Um, so that that part, I think, you know, during the week, and she knows, she asks, she wants to know who they're who the good players are, and I do the same for her. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of that kind of discussion that goes on, you know, in season. The coach. We we know that you made a trip up to uh, South Bend this year. How how did you become a Notre Dame fan, and why why of all places? Yeah. Yeah. This is a great story with, with probably a not so great ending. Um, so 
I, I idolized my dad growing up. Whatever he said was was like the Bible. You know, I, I took him, whether it was football, academics, stuff in the yard, handling bullies. He gave me so many life lessons. Um, so one day we're, we're watching a college football game and it's Notre Dame playing somebody. And it was probably probably in 89, maybe before that. But it was one of the years that they were really good and, and they were going to play for a national title. And we're watching Fields Beautiful. And he made the comment, um, you know, if you work real hard, lift weights and, and do all those things, maybe one day you could play for Notre Dame. And man, I, I don't know if I was a seventh grader or fourth grader. I can't remember how old I was. But that comment stuck with me from that moment. And, and I just remember working so hard so that I could go play for Notre Dame. And when I became a senior and I was only six foot two, 230 pounds, you know, I realized that I was not going to go play for Notre Dame. But all the hard work led me to, to get the scholarship to come play at West Georgia and play in my four years there. And I loved it. And so my whole life, I've been a, I've been a Notre Dame fan. You know, my favorite player. Uh, in the NFL all time is Joe Montana, and, and he was a Notre Dame guy. Um, you know, I just remember Rocket Ismail. I just remember all the all the great players that played there. So five years ago, before I took this job, you know, I, I, I moved back home in 2017, and my dad was really ill. And in the, the last, you know, three or four days of his life, I spent a lot of time with him, and we were talking, and, and this just broke my heart. He asked me the same question you asked me. He said, why, why are you such a Notre Dame fan? And man, I was like, dad, you know, you don't remember sitting there watching that college game. And I told him the same story I told you. And he looked at me and he said, I, I never thought that you could play at Notre Dame. I knew you weren't good enough. He said, I never made that comment. No. So he didn't even remember making the comment. It just shows you how profound, you know, a father's comment. He did make the comment. He don't remember saying it, but how much that comment affected how hard I worked for something. And uh, of course, I, I love him for making it, even if he didn't remember it there, you know, on his deathbed. Um, you know, I, 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 I put my whole life to, hey, that's that's what he said. He meant it. And I'm, I'm going to try to do it. But uh, that's why I became a fan and why I'm still a fan today. Well, coach, it, there, it, you know, you, you don't you don't have to stay a Notre Dame fan. You can switch over to like, you know, say Ohio, Ohio State, you know, one of those universities if you want to. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say this. I do pull for any school that I've got a former player playing at or, or somebody that I've coached against. So, I mean, there, there's, you know, I'll sit here and look at, look at uh, teams all the time watching and say, Hey, you know, I tell my wife I coached against that kid. And, and that may be the team in that game I pull for that night. So I, I got a lot of teams I pull for, um, but I guess if, if I had to pick a favorite, it would be the Irish. That is kind of one of the weird things that, you know, I, I guess I didn't think about it until we started doing this, you know, two, three years ago or whatever. But you, you you learn to love these kids that you cover and they go off to college and you find yourself pulling for these college teams that, hell, you might not even know it existed four or five years ago. And now you are sort of vested in these teams and, and you watch them, you follow them and you cheer for them, a team that, you, you know, you had no idea that you'd be pulling for five years ago. And and it is crazy. We've got a we've got a former player kicking at Barry. I find myself every every Saturday checking up on Barry's scores. You know, we've got a kid playing at Reinhardt. We've got one that's playing at Maryville up in Tennessee. Of course, TJ he's already enrolled at Pitt. And like I'll be watching the Pitt Panthers, hoping they win the ACC. Um, don't tell my wife and kids I said that they're Georgia Tech fans. But oh no. Um, 
so we'll be sitting there. Uh, yeah, we're, we're a weird family. Now, my entire family is Georgia Tech, um, and my wife's family are all, are all Georgia Tech. So I am going to pull for Georgia over Tech when they play. So That's crazy. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know Georgia Tech fans existed. I thought those were just a myth. Yeah. <laughs> they're far and few between but my whole family is, is they are they are blue and gold and and coach we've we've heard stories uh from from back in the day about the finley boys and and we've heard that you might be the level headed of the bunch we're not 100 percent sure uh but we've heard some stories about y'all growing up down there are there any stories that you can tell on air from your childhood well i i, I can clear the air as far as intelligence uh level-headed looks um most rational uh smartest that that would all be me um <laughs> you know if it comes to athletic athletic superiority and just brute strength and toughness that that may be both of them um you know they, <laughs> they were bigger stronger meaner um and uh you know if casey bass is around i think he probably got tangled into some things with them them growing up um Oh man, I could go back, you know, they were different. Um, so I guess, uh, the, one of the, the greatest stories that ever took place in our neighborhood is we were playing backyard football in our backyard and there was probably 10 kids. We probably had five on one team, five on the other. And we had split my brothers up and they're, they're identical twins. And so we were playing and they got to mouthing each other and, and, you know, it was kind of getting serious. Well, one of them tackled the other one and when they hit the ground there was a a pile of dog poop on the ground and, and i don't know if this can be on the air or not but they got to fighting on the ground and one of them got on top of the other and he started to push his face down into that poop and i just remember everybody was watching and they were like man you, you can't do that man and the my brother that was on the bottom little tear went down his cheek and i remember him saying if you do it i swear i'll kill you yes i swear i'll kill you you know at one, at one point in our life when you're not expecting it and so he's there and i'm thinking he's gonna let go and quit pushing but man about that time he pushes and just pushes his face like directly in the dog poop. <laughs> he takes off and runs inside our parents aren't at home but he he goes inside and he locks all the doors and i remember my brother going to my dad's tool shed and he came back with an axe and he chopped the door until he could get in. And so then my brother ran into a bathroom, locked that door. Well, he took the ax and chopped into the bathroom. They started fighting in the bathroom and they pushed each other into the toilet. This ceramic busted and went everywhere. And, and we had a flood in the house. And I just remember like waiting on my dad to come home. And, and how much trouble we were going to be into. But that that's a life in the day of, of the Finleys. Um, oh my they goodness. were dang good football players, a lot better football players than, than I ever was. But uh, th those two, you couldn't put anything. They were tough, and, and they would get into a lot of stuff. Coach, yeah. Coach, how old were you all when this happened? Ooh, we were probably, I don't know, I was probably a ninth grader. They were probably like fifth or sixth graders. Um, so and they, there, there's a million stories with those, those two. I, I just, they, there wasn't anything that they, they would, I mean, they would find water moccasins and put them in their back, back backpacks and bring them home. They would, they would catch bats and bring them home, uh, rats, big wharf rats. I mean, they, they weren't afraid of anything growing up. 
And I don't know if it's because they were brave or they weren't real smart, but uh, <laughs> they they would do a lot. Of, they would do a lot of stuff. But but on the football field, um, they were as tough and as good. Uh, and I think they were on the best defense in the history of Warner Robins that allowed 33 points in 14 games. Um, I think they gave up like three points per game. One of the best defensive units in the history of the school when they were and when they were senior juniors or seniors, I can't remember. Um, that's crazy. But, wow. uh, <laughs> that's absurd. Yeah, we've so, we've yeah. we've heard there's enough stories of the Finley boys to uh, fill a fill a 30 chapter book. We've you know we've heard a couple <laughs> of them from there, Casey Bass. There, there's no doubt that there's there's all kind of <laughs> stories about those two that I could that I could go through from stabbing each other, like stabbing one twin, stabbed the other, and they were about two years old. And in the, in the, it all started with that, I think, stabbing one with a metal airplane right in the top of the head when we had to take them to the emergency room and get the airplane out. Um, there, there's a lot. <laughs> Shooting each other with BB guns, you, you name it. It probably happened. Just good there was no social media and cell phones to record all the stuff they did. Speaking of social media, we saw a picture of you from 1995 coaching for the Carrollton Trojans at the start of your career. If you didn't make it into coaching, was option two to join join the Backstreet Boys? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't know what my option two would have been. Really, probably if, if I hadn't have made it, and going off school, I probably would have been in the military. Um, but uh, I did have some beautiful hair, and, and you know, I, I sport the bald look now. And uh, so my advice to everybody, if you, anybody that sees that picture, you got hair, you you enjoy it any way you want to. Long hair, braided hair, whatever. You enjoy it while you got it, because there will probably be a point in your life where you don't have it anymore. Well, Coach, I think you rock both looks really well. I think the haircut back in 95 looked great, and I think the bald head, I think it suits you really well right now. I'm just glad that I've got a like an evenly round-shaped head. That that helps a lot. You know, if you've got an egghead, then, you know, people make fun of you a little bit. But I do have the, the right-shaped head to wear the bald look. So, Coach, outside of, of coaching football, uh, roasting snowflakes on Twitter, being a dad, being a husband, what other hobbies do you have? Well, I'm a huge fisherman. I, I like to fish, bass fish, you know, crappy fish, catfish. I, I love, you know, once a year I make a trip. I like to, I like to fish in the ocean, deep sea fishing. Um, you know, we'll do some inshore fishing. I, I love to fish. That's one of my hobbies. Um, I'm a closet video game junkie. Um, I, I'm on this. Uh, I relax every night playing a little Fortnite. Um, I, I love to get on it and do it. Um, and uh, you know, I, I'm a funny guy, so I do like to pick at people and and make fun of people, and not in a bad way, in a good way. Um, but I'm a comedian, uh, always always playing pranks. I remember Timbo's Tim Barron's 40th birthday. We, we got to roast him pretty good. That was. Uh, one of my favorite nights, one of his favorite birthdays I've been a part of, just getting to make fun of him uh, with all the things that I knew about him and his life. Um, I also love, love, love to like landscape around my my property. You know, like I like flower beds. I like bushes. I like stuff that blooms. Um, I, I like for my, my landscape, my yard to just be one of the ones that, that is the prettiest in the neighborhood. So those would probably be my my major hobbies. And, and coach, you say you like to play Fortnite. What, what is it on? A PlayStation, Xbox? What are you playing on? <clears throat> we're Xbox people. Um, yeah, we're 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 Xbox people. Um, 
I used to have the communist PlayStation system when I was younger, but I have converted um, to the Xbox here in recent years. I'll have to have my my child who plays Fortnite listen out for Coach Fenley roasting people on on Fortnite the next time he plays. <laughs> uh, when uh, when you were growing up, you obviously played football. But what what other sports did you play when you were growing up? And did you ever have the dreams of of playing professionally when you were when you were that age? Yeah, I, you know, I definitely, I, like most kids, you know, I wanted to be Joe Montana. Now, every, every day that we went in the yard and played backyard football, I, you know, we would call out players, I'm Joe Montana, and my brother, you know, he would say, I'm John Elway, and, you know, we would play. Um, so those dreams, yeah, they they were always, you know, real, and, you know, you don't you don't know what you're going to grow into, how big, how fast, and all that kind of stuff. So those were, were dreams, but I, I played about everything. Um, you know, we were, my dad had a rule that if we were not doing something, like we had to play sports year round. We, we didn't, there was no off season. There was no, you're going to come home and hang out. He thought if you went home and hung out, you were going to get in trouble. So, you know, I, I went from, you know, started the year with football. I would play basketball. I would play baseball. I did track and I did wrestling for as long as I could. Um, and then, of course, when you get to high school, some of those sports overlap, so you've got to start choosing. And I, I remember doing, like, the summer uh, travel track in the summer, um, you know, throwing with the Junior Olympics, the shot put, and the discus. So there was only one semester or whatever, one one part of my school where, where I thought I was going to get a freebie, a free ride. I, I tore my knee up my last game of my senior year, so I wasn't going to be able to play basketball or wrestle because I was going to have to rehab, and I thought, yes, I'm going to get to just chill and go home after school. And I'll be dang if my dad didn't come to me. He made me do a one-act play. I had to join the drama club because I was not allowed to go home after school and just hang out. So I had to do a play. It was called Little Abner. I still remember. Um, probably got me that small part in that Matthew McConaughey movie, We Are Marshall, back in 2006. So I, I need to thank him for that. But uh, – we, uh, wait, 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 you know, wait, we, wait, we, wait, 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 pause. What? You were in We Are Marshall? I may be the only coach here in Carroll County who has a check from Warner Brothers for a two-day part in, in a movie. Um, I, I was actually the secondary coach in the opening scene. I was a secondary coach for uh, for East Carolina University. I had, had two scenes that I was in, and you actually can see me in the movie. Um, and another tidbit the head coach of, of East Carolina for that movie was the, the governor at that time, uh, Sonny Perdue. Um, so they, they, there were some, some famous people, but yeah, I've, I've actually, you know, I've actually made, I think $189 from Warner brothers in my lifetime. What? So shouldn't have cashed that check, but I was hard up for money at the time. So I did, but, uh, but back to the, yeah, the original question, right? Yeah. We were not allowed, you know, we, we would have to get a job. You know, we weren't going to be able to hang out after school. Um, you know, he wanted us involved in sport with coaches checking on our grades, which I think, you know, kids should be doing still today. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm still blown away, Coach, that you were in We Are Marshall. I'm just I, – I, that I, my jaw has hit the floor. Wow. I'm more blown away than after they saw my acting skills that I didn't get to take McConaughey's role from him. But, <laughs> you know, that's another discussion for another time. 
well, coach, if that was if that was filmed in '95 and you had that nice, beautiful hair flowing, you might have you might have stolen McConaughey's role. You might have gotten the lead role on that one. Yeah. Well, it was '06, and they did tell me I almost didn't get a part because I, I tried out to be a football player, and I was bald in '06, '07, um, and they told me three reasons. They, they sent me home. To be honest with you, uh, when I went and tried out for a part, they told me that I didn't have enough hair to be in a movie in the '70s. And that hurt a little bit. And then they told me I was too big because I was probably about 260 then um, that football players in the 70s were smaller. They wanted smaller guys. And then they told me I was too old to look like a freshman in the movie. So, like, I was actually pissed. I was actually a little mad. I'd stood in line for six hours for a park, and I was told to go home. And I told them I wasn't going to go home, that we had to find something. So they told me to hold this number up in front of my face and they were going to take a picture. And if something came up, they would give me a call. And sure enough, you know, a few months later, somebody from Warner Brothers called me. It was a woman secretary and asked me, could I film and, and gave me two dates. And, and at first I thought it was one of my coaching buddies, like making a prank call, you know, and I called him out. I'm like, who is this? Whose wife is this? And then she explained who she was and the rest was history. I got to be in a scene in that movie. <laughs> that is that is amazing, Coach. That is uh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, grow, growing up as a kid, Coach, I don't I don't know if many or anything clicked. If there was one moment or something, but when did you start realizing that you wanted to be a coach? And were there any role models when you were an adolescent that kind of played into the part of you wanting to be and becoming a head coach? You know, I think. And this is kind of unique as far as a lot of kids going off today, off to school, off to college and, and not knowing what they wanted to be. I knew, you know, before I was even out of high school that, that I wanted to be a high school football coach. And, and really it was when it probably as far back as when I was in elementary school, I was, I was the ball boy. I think I was the ball boy for Warner Robins high school from about first grade all the way, I still did it my ninth grade year. As a ninth grader, we had a ninth grade team that played on Thursday. So I would play on Thursday, and then I would be the ball boy on Friday night. So I made all those trips and watching the coaches, watching, you know, all of the coaches at Warner Robins High School and how they interacted. They made fun of each other. You know, they they laughed, they, they met. And just the camaraderie was so great. They would prank each other. They would draw pictures of each other. And I thought, man, this has got to be the greatest job on the planet. Like, they have fun and pick at each other all day. They go coach football on Friday night. They, you know, they beat people. It's the greatest game, one of the most fun games ever. I, you know, I'm, I just watched those guys and thought, man, it looks like they're not even at work. That They just love what they do so much. And And then you have the the fact that I had great parents growing up, but some of the biggest influence in my life were my high school coaches. Um, and, and, you know, I love those guys, man. And some of my coaches in college, I, I wanted to please those people. I wanted to play well uh, on Friday or Saturday afternoon so that, that my coaches would praise me and, you know, tell me that was a heck of a game. So I knew early on that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, to go back and have a fun career, what looked like a fun job. Then at the same time, I saw how many kids that did not have a whole lot of athletic talent that they believed in their coaches so much, they became good football players. I thought, man, what a what an awesome job where you can take kids that aren't very good and, and convince them they are good. 
and it just confidence that it would get to those kids. And I, I knew like, that's what I want to do for a living. Um, you know, I want to do that when I grow up and, and it has lived up to every bit of what I thought it would be. Uh, my, my wife gets so mad at me because when my alarm goes off at 630, like I'm pumped. I can't wait to get here. I can't wait to get in the weight room. And after 28 years, it has not gotten old. It is still as fun right now as it was in 95 when, when I was over there at Carrollton. So, um, so I would say that at a very early age, I knew what I wanted to do. All right, coach. So post game, you're, you're relaxing a little bit. You're done talking with, with us media schlubs. What's your favorite post game meal? Well, that, that's a great question because, well, I'm usually starving by that time. We, we eat a pregame meal at 4 o'clock, and you don't eat again. You know, if I had a choice, if I had a choice, I would, you know, ride up and just get me a nice burger from, from Applebee's or, or, you know, the Irish pub. I'm a burger guy. Um, but most of the time, I'll have to say my wife, she is awesome. She usually has uh, two Chick-fil-A sandwiches waiting on, on my desk in my office so that I can snack down. Um, but I'll say our, our whoever has our food like buffet up in the press box, you know, they usually bring some awesome stuff down too, um, where it'd be some chicken, uh, some wings, stuff like that. Um, I don't, really don't care what it is as long as it's we've won the football game, I'm, I'm pretty happy with anything. I think the camaraderie and us kind of sitting at, in, in the coach's office talking about the game, what we would have done different, what were the big plays, I think the camaraderie is, but more, is better than the food. Um, the food's just a bonus on top of it. Yeah, you talked about the food they serve in the press box. They do a phenomenal job of making that stuff uh, amazingly tasty. I'm, I'm so happy when that stuff's you know, leftover, but, but it's usually different, you know, each week, a little bit different. So it's not really just one, one meal. Um, but, but, you know, if there's some banana pudding mixed in, that, that's always a plus. <laughs> if there's some red velvet cake, that's al- always a plus. So coach, you're, you're sitting at home. It's a Sunday. It's pouring down rain. You ain't got nothing to do. Can't go outside, do nothing. What is your favorite movie to flip on? You got one movie you got to watch. What is it? What are you flipping on the tube? All right. There's two. There's probably two movies that I can watch over and over and over. Um, one is is an older movie. It's called uh, The Shawshank Redemption. Great I bet movie. I've seen that movie 200 times. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. You know, not not just because it's a it's a good movie, um, but you know, it, it's about a guy who who he goes through his tough times. And and I I believe in the statement, even though a lot of people in the strength coach world don't. Tough times make tough people, yep. you know, and, you know, he goes through 30 years of it and, and finds a way to overcome all that and, and have this great life afterward. Um, you know, that's that's one of my movies. And another movie that's kind of along those same lines is Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, I've seen that one about 200 times, too. Um, but I do have another go to when, when I want to watch a, an action beat em up. I'm a big Equalizer fan. Um, so I've, I've seen Equalizer 1 and Equalizer 2. Uh, those are kind of my go-to movies, too. So if I'm sitting there, you know, I'll probably, I'll probably watch those things. And then uh, if it's a TV show, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Shark Tank fan. I bet I've seen every season there's ever been uh, of Shark Tank. I'll, I'll have to put Equalizer on my watch list. Uh, because I'm, I'm, We're going through these coaches' interviews, and I'm getting movies. 
and uh, kind of making a list on what I have to watch. And the Equalizer is going to be on those. I've never seen those movies. Right. Denzel Washington is is in those movies, and uh, of course he's great. Look, Equalizer's right up there with if, if you like the John Wick movies. Oh yeah, um, those are awesome. They're, they're, they're it's right up there with those. Um, you know, maybe better, in my opinion. Uh, but but it's really good. So I, yeah, I would definitely put Equalizer, either one of them, on your list. Uh, they're both good. I'm a little bit surprised that Rudy wasn't wasn't the uh, answer there. Yeah, you know, I, I've seen Rudy. I I, I I like Shawshank Redemption probably better as a whole. Um, but you know, if, if I flip Rudy's on, I'll probably sit and watch it too. Uh, but I remember thinking that was a great movie the first time I ever watched it. I just thought that was uh, was a good movie too. But no, it won't. It wouldn't make that top three list. And and okay. Rudy and Rudy was offsides there on that last play of the game. He was offsides. How <laughs> uh, would you know? You don't he, watch sports movies. I've seen Rudy because it's got it. That's got uh, the dude from the Goonies in it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that was hard for me to get over him him being. You know, I'm, I'm, I tried to ask myself, could my could my dad have made Sean Austin a football player, uh, the kid from the Goonies? So that that was tough to get over that that kid landing that role, but it's still a good movie. <laughs> Coach, out, outside, you know, this is we're still in January. We're not asking for resolutions or anything like that. But do you have any personal goals that you've set for yourself? Not for the team, not for Bowden in general, for Rich Fenley himself. Do you have any personal goals for 2023? Well, yeah, I, I think I, I'm a goal-oriented person. Um, so, you know, everything's about goals to me um, when, when you go into a new year. And, uh, you know, I've got I've got five kids, so you always have that goal of, um, you know, how, how much can I be in their life and influence them and, and, and you know, affect them. Um, so, like, I, I have to plan my weeks around – each of them's games. Like last night, I watched first quarter of my ninth grader. He, he's playing varsity basketball here at Bowden, and then flew over to the middle school to watch um, my, my middle schooler. And then, of course, Monday I'm gonna try to go watch a little uh, Carrollton JV soccer to watch my my 19 year old coach his first um, his first soccer match. So you know, one one of my resolutions is is trying to be at as much of my kid stuff, you know, around all the stuff I'm coaching because I'm coaching at the same time. Um, cause I, I do do track over here, down here at Bowden, you know, and then as a, as a husband, you know, last year going to that, that trip to South Bend and Notre Dame, my wife and I kind of set the resolution then that that is going to be something we do every year for the rest of our life. That that's going to be where we're going to go pick a venue and go watch a college football game. Um, you know, not, not just Notre Dame, but like we, we talked about going to the big house, going to Ann Arbor and watching Michigan play. Um, you know, all, all these great stadiums, you know, go watch Oregon play up at Oregon. And of course, with TJ at Pitt, you know, we'll be at a Pitt game. Um, and that, that's on our list for next year. I don't know what game we're going to choose. So that's kind of a re- resolution that we do that from here on out. So we have our, our weekend or two or three days together during football season that we don't normally have that time off. And then, uh, of course, I got a football coaching goal, too, and that is to not become complacent and not work as hard the older I get. You know, I, I want to be relevant, and I want to enjoy what I do as a coach just like it's year one. So you're, you're always trying to come up with new ways to do things, things to add in 
and and you know everybody's always got that common phrase if, if it ain't broke don't fix it but i think in in coaching everything evolves and it changes so much you have to, to always go out and look for new new ways to do things um and so you know i don't want to be complacent in what we do i, I want to go back and, and have that fun we had last year again this year and and you can't just do the same stuff you did because you've got you'll have different kids doing it this time so you know we may have to work harder we may have to condition harder we may have to, to sprint hard we may just have to have more fun as a group and go do some some team stuff so those are kind of my my resolutions uh, going into the new year. And, you know, you talked about working harder, running harder, anything. That doesn't, you know, you're not going to work harder in the uh, weight room, right? Because the weight room the weight room is not really that important to a football squad, correct? <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're hitting that pretty hard now, <laughs> you know, but finding new ways to do things, you know, just so our kids don't get bored or complacent or, hey, we did this last year. You know, you have to find ways to, to spice it up. And I think that's true in every – every phase of your life you, you got to do different things with your kids different fun trips with your kids you got to do different you know my, my wife and i we've had date nights and stuff but man to take a trip to, to go up to south bend and spend a weekend that, that was something different you know to take a trip and go to pittsburgh is something you know totally different so um you know we're here into this off season and we don't want it to just feel like it's a grind we want it to be to be fun where we're getting a lot of a lot of work out of our kids Enjoy, enjoy the journey, no matter what it is. And enjoy the journey. Yes, sir. And, and coach, there's a pretty big date, September 23rd, up in South Bend, Indiana. I don't know what y'all are doing that weekend, but uh, the Gold Domers are welcoming them in the scarlet and gray of Ohio State. Uh, I'll be up there for that one. So that should be a, that that might be one on one of your bucket list things to get up there and see that one. Yeah, it it may be. Um, it may be because uh, you know. I don't know. We, we, we've been there. If it was at Ohio State, I would probably say for, for sure that would be on the list because we do want to go, you know, go to Ohio State, too. You uh, you let me know what date you want to go, and uh, I'll be able to uh, make that happen. All right. Well, that sounds good to me, then. Got a, I got a couple connections up in Ohio. <laughs> just you got, a few. Just a few. Yeah, just one or two. <laughs> you got any final thoughts for us today, Coach? No, I, you know, I, I've enjoyed the conversation and I, I think this is a pretty neat piece. I'm kind of excited to go listen to, uh, to coach Lassner and, and coach Barron's, uh, interview with you guys. Cause I do think just like what you're doing here, I, I think it's important for coaches. So I guess this would be the thought, you know, it's, it's important for coaches to get to know their players on more than just a, a football level. You know, you, you got to kind of dig and, and, and prod them a little bit on, on what their favorite shows are what they enjoy doing when they leave school, you know, you know, ask about their siblings and, and their families and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, when you, when you're on that closer relation, I guess, when, when you develop the relationships with those kids that are more personal and not just sports related, you know, I think you get so much more out of kids. So, you know, this was, this was definitely fun to do today and uh, something that coaches need to be doing within their, within the structure of their teams too. Awesome. Well, Coach, thank you so much for once again taking time out of your schedule. I know you're in the weight room and getting that, uh, that team ready for the fall. This has been the Get to Know You podcast with Coach Rich Finley, another TM5 series. We will see you all next week. Same time, same place.